How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, good to have you with us right here on this Motown Monday, baby. But it is a special edition of this radio program. We're live at Commander's Headquarters awaiting the Dan Quinn introductory press conference coming up at 2.30. So we said, you know, who could we talk to to get invaluable insight on the new Commander's Head Coach? Well, thought of the man who hired him in Atlanta and worked side-by-side with him for five-plus years uh, in um, in Atlanta, the former Falcons general manager and also currently an executive with Sumer Sports, who put out, as we've mentioned a couple of times, an excellent, excellent uh, downloadable Super Bowl guide and provides analytics information uh, to teams and whatnot. Uh, it's really great, uh, and the guide is excellent, and again, it's available for download right now. Uh, we're joined by Thomas Dimitrov right here on the BetQL guest hotline. Thomas, it's uh, Chris Russell here. Nice to talk to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Chris, I'm excited. Let's let's talk Dan Quinn. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know him best, certainly better than any of us around here. I'm a big Dan Quinn guy. I've always been a big Dan Quinn guy. I was a big fan of what you guys were trying to build there in Atlanta. I assume it sounds like you're still a big Dan Quinn guy. I definitely am. I you know I remember those pictures he used to show me all rocked up at Salisbury State. <laughs> so uh, I know that he's happy to be back in the hood, so to speak. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, this is, and I think his wife, uh, if memory serves me correct, uh, is from Maryland as well. Um, so this is a little bit of a homecoming uh, for him. Of course, we're all spread out all over the place here, as you as you're well aware. I'm sure that you know with the stadium being in Maryland, and uh, of course the team's headquarters here in Northern Virginia, uh, out near Dulles, and then who knows where the new stadium uh, is going to be. Um, what was it about Dan that attracted you the most? And, and would you say, going back to when you hired him, that you drove the train? Uh, or was it a mutual thing, you and Arthur and uh, whoever else was involved in it? Uh, like, did you have to stand on the table for Dan? How did that work uh, based on your memory? Well, if you guys remember Dan coming out that year, I mean, he was a hot commodity, mm-hmm. man. He was all over. There were a lot of teams that were, were interested in him. Sure. And Dan being the person he was, I mean, combination of many, many attributes that are very, very attractive as far as a head coach, right? So he comes in. He's got a great deal of experience around college, pro, really good football men through his development. You know, he comes from Seattle, of course, most recently to us in Atlanta then, coming from Pete Carroll, understanding about winning and what about winning championships, understanding about high morale, 
I mean, Dan is a very authentic man. What, that's what you will realize very quickly. And, and, and incredibly high energy in a good way, not in a, not in a flippant way. Like he's mm-hmm. doing it because he believes in it. Dan is a positive dude, 100%. What Dan did along the way is he, growed, he, he grew more and more and was part, about growing not only him during that time as a head coach, but the assistant coaches that he was around, the interaction between him as a, as a head coach and me as a general manager was vital for our growth in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, and Dan, by the way, um, you may or may not know this, he is a huge player personnel evaluation guy for a head coach. You don't often get that much passion uh, for, for that side of the game. Mm-hmm. And Dan has always been that way. He's always treated his scouting brethren, you know, at the teams that he was at as a coordinator and as a coach really, really well. They always got along. He spent a lot of time honing his skills. And I'm a big believer in that. That helps you become that much better as a developmental head coach. Dan believes in developing. You'll never have Dan as a head coach at your team there saying, we just want to bring in a whole bunch of old guys and, and not try to develop. That is a key point of Dan's, you know, some of Dan's, uh, you know, strong points that, that really brought us, really honed in on him. Mike Smith was a fantastic coach. If you remember Smitty, mm-hmm. Smitty won coach a year, three years, sure. in a, or three years out of five. Really mm-hmm. good football coach. Dan was the perfect next wave for us in Atlanta because of everything that I just talked to you about. Thomas Dimitrov joining us, former Falcons general manager, worked side-by-side with Dan Quinn for five-plus years, hired Dan Quinn. Uh, they got to the Super Bowl, of course, seven years ago today, as we mentioned in our number one. Uh, and, and and now with Sumer Sports, and again, uh, me, please make sure you check out, uh, go to um, sumersports.com uh, for their excellent um, Super Bowl downloadable guide. It's really, really, really good. Uh, and uh, it helped me during the uh, conference championships when they put that out as well so make sure you get uh supersports.com that's s-u-m-e-r supersports.com it's right there in the home banner um so i i want to double down on what you just said because it's fascinating you know like here adam peters obviously is going to be in charge and dan is the head coach and we just came off of a spell where you had ron rivera trying to do and battle you know or 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 handle Mm -hmm. both and and all that stuff when a head coach gets involved in personnel, usually it doesn't end up right. But you're saying, actually, it was a bonus. It was a plus to you because of the way, A, Dan is as a person, B, how good he was at it, and that he wasn't, he was, am I, and I don't want to speak you know, for you, but he was open yeah. to you saying, ah, you know what, I don't see it that way. Maybe we can consider this, or maybe we can meet halfway in between. Is that, is that basically what the relationship in terms of personnel evaluation, draft free agency, roster management, all of that was with him? Well, here's, this is really important for you to know, because I get what you're saying. Look, I've been around situations in my younger years where, mm-hmm. where a head coach and a, and a GM were at loggerheads on virtually everything. It got mm-hmm. really, really bad. One of the, one of the places that really uh, educated me when I was younger was when I watched the San Diego Chargers do it. I think they're a great organization. I love the Spanoses, but they brought in a guy named Marty Schottenheimer, who you know mm-hmm. well, and then they brought in AJ AJ Smith. Kyle I know AJ bad. Smith very well, Thomas. I know very, yeah. AJ Smith very well. <laughs> yes. Well, those two guys, as yeah. you know, AJ yes. and, and I know Marty has passed on, but. Yep. Those two were hardcore, tough-ass football men. Yes, they and were. And they were always at loggerheads. And I thought, if I were to ever get into a situation in the NFL as a, as a GM, I would make sure that my head coach was very understanding of my role as mm-hmm. a general manager and their role as coach. That said, 
you can't have, in my mind, a head coach that really doesn't care about personnel. All they want to do, again, as I alluded to earlier, is bring in free agents because it's easy for them. Dan Quinn, it, it was a passion of his, and a good passion, meaning he would interact with people, treat the scouting staff very, very well. Mm-hmm. That meant that the scouting staff was that more interested in providing for him and me. Remember, that this is the key now. When, when I was with Mike Smith, so I was final 53. You probably hear that, right? When you have mm-hmm. 53 as a GM or as a head coach, it means in the very, very end, you have the final say. If there's two linebackers there and you have the 50, you know, the last pick of the draft or the second pick, that ultimately whoever has 53 decides on that acquisition, right? I, it was an interesting situation for us in Atlanta when Dan came in. We gave him 53 as a recruiting deal, right? So mm. there were all these other teams that were interested in him. Mm-hmm. We gave him 53. It wasn't what he wanted. He and I had a great relationship before uh, leading into that acquisition. He pulled me aside. He said, TD, I'm, I'm not interested in having 53. That's your role. Arthur Blank and his agent pushed for him to get 53. We give him 53. Here's the key to it all. He comes in knowing that he has 53, and quite honestly, even though I had been there seven years before, that he could have final say and, and knock around his power, he didn't. We worked so well together on everything. We literally wow. we debated but that is a perfect point of what Dan was about. And as it came to the end of our time together, the last thing I'll say, Dan would come to me and he even said to myself and Arthur Blank, look, I, I just want to coach these football players the best I can. I don't want to be worried about all these other things that came with being the final football say person. And it, it's, to me, that's, that speaks volumes about what Dan is and was during that time. I think uh, we can talk about Adam, too, if you want because I have a good yes, understanding sure. of Adam. He worked with us at New England. Those two guys, I think, are going to have a really a great opportunity, given their personalities, to work really well together. Right, and, and I was going to – yeah, I was going to get to Adam Peters, obviously, because you worked with him in New England, like you said. Uh, and, and here, I mean, you know, Dan, I don't think, as far as anything I've heard, you know, again, doesn't have that same situation that he had when, again, getting the Falcons job. And that I think I think that's music to the ears of the fans around here uh, because of how poorly things went the last four years uh, once mm-hmm. Kyle Smith – Smith was let go from the organization and ironically wound up uh, down in Atlanta with Ron Rivera and so on and so forth. But anyway, that's a, a different story. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying, I, I guess basically, even when Dan got control, that he was so, uh, I want to say selfless, that he said, no, 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 you know what, Thomas, you, you've worked here, you've been here, I want to work with you as opposed to I'm the, I'm the final guy. Uh, so, th- so that's what we, I mean, that's all the things that I've heard, um, of Dan, that he works with everybody and he leads and he galvanizes everybody. So that's what it was like pretty much in every way. You would say in the five plus years you guys worked together in the building, like there was, you know, like you would have discussions and maybe some arguments, but there was never any like, this is my show, damn it. And you're going to do what I say. You know, it's really interesting because this is not fabrication at all. In those years that we were together, we never got in a sort of like throwdown argument about players. We had similar views of players because we both believe at the core it's about it's a matchup league and it's about athleticism and movement and body control. Not saying that that doesn't mean tough and go to the go to the you know toe to toe. Far from that. It means you have to be able to move around. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to to mirror if you're a corner. You have to be able to mirror if you're mm-hmm. a you know if you're an offensive lineman or a D lineman. Point is, 
Dan and I spent a lot of time in that world and we understood each other that way. But you can take it from that to the other departments that I was responsible for. And quite honestly, in my contract, just so you know, I was responsible for final acquisitions of draft and, 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 and free agency. Mm-hmm. What I keep coming back to, though, if in the very end we were at a, at a stopping point about a player, it had to go to someone and not to Arthur Blank. It ended up going to Dan, and we never, we never were at bashing heads during that point. Mm-hmm. It's a very important thing because I think now your fan base can see he comes in, he's going to be really interested about dealing with personnel with Adam but in the end, we know Adam has final football say, mm-hmm. and Dan is going to say, in the end, thank you. Here's my opinion. Here's my coaching staff's opinion. We're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time understanding our schemes together so that we're going to provide you with the best input, output that you need, Adam, to make that final decision. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov with us. Again, excellent insight and uh, uh, just wonderful stuff that uh, a lot of us did not know about. Uh, again, uh, former Falcon general manager, now a executive with Sumer Sports. Go check out sumersports.com for their uh, free downloadable Super Bowl guide. It's excellent. Uh, and, um, Thomas, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, there's a lot of thought, and I'm a defense first guy. I, I, I love offense, but I'm still, I, I you know, I, I was raised on Eastern Long Island and, you know, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and the Giants and defense and defense and defense. Um, there's a lot of thought that you can't hire or you shouldn't hire defensive coaches, yet we've seen a little bit of a reverse of that trend in this hiring cycle. Do you think that's a reaction to anything specifically, or do you think that's just the way it is? And what are your general thoughts as a former general manager who did this and did it successfully about hiring defensive first head coaches? Look, I, I go round and round about this because both of my head coaches, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, were defensive guys. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the end, for me, as much as I like the idea of an offensive-minded person taking over the organization as the head coach and their insights and their help on, on young quarterbacks, you guys are going to be in a great spot to pick a, to pick a really good quarterback as well. I, I can speak to my old team, Atlanta, as well as some of these other teams out there. Here's what I would say. I would never, as a general manager, make a decision to go after an offensive-minded head coach in lieu of true leadership of men elements, right? So you can be like these two guys, like Dan Quinn is. Dan is going to circulate, you know, he's going to circulate, or uh, excuse me, he's going he's to have the right people around him. He's going to get a guy like he just did, I believe, as the offensive coordinator, who mm-hmm. I, th- I think a great deal, you know, not only that – that he, I think, is a really good offensive mind, but the fact that he did his coaching of Caleb Williams and someone like that at USC, right? So what I'm saying is if you had an offensive-minded head coach, former coordinator comes in as a head coach, and he's going to lock himself in his room, and he's going to game plan for two days a week without anyone around him, that's not a good place to be. I would take the defensive head coach with morale and leadership, Who and Dan Quinn, by the way, doesn't just lead the defense. He's got a real grasp of the offense, and, and those guys follow him as well. I would take that person any day over sort of a, a half-baked leader as an offensive coordinator. Uh, it's, uh, again, uh, right with you there. Feel that totally. Um, so before we run, you know, of course, out of time, and we really appreciate uh, you joining us. Um, you know, the the galvanization of a building, right, the the waking people up and getting them to play and want to run through a wall but not 
treating them like garbage, which some coaches, some regimes, what have you, unfortunately, have been known to do. How important is straddling that line between positive motivation and where you you wind up, I guess, getting players and therefore agents and, and maybe a story out there in the national headlines that you're doing it a, a way that isn't player-friendly and player-conducive? Well, look, I had an opportunity with Dan in Atlanta. How many times agents and, more importantly, players came into my office and they said, Thomas, I have never been around a head coach that I want to play for more and or even if you guys cut me or even if you guys are going to take money, uh, you know, make me take a haircut in my pay, I want to come back here and play for Dan. Now, understand, that's not just because Dan is stroking them. Dan will – he will push them – and he's a tough dude who will, in, a, in, a, in the right way, look you in the eye. And, and I, there's such a great combination of Dan's personality that I think as you all get the chance to know him, you realize that strong jaw of his, I'm not, and I say that literally and figuratively speaking, just like you used to see with Bill Cower. Like, you just saw that, that he was behind the guys. He wanted the best for them. However, I would also say, just so everyone puts their mind at ease, he's not coming in there and just whitewashing everything and, and patting people on the back along the way. He is calling them out, and they are become more and more accountable as he moves on. And what, what is really, really important to understand is Dan does that, and he'll, he continues to learn over those times of even pressing and holding his players accountable, but also his coaches. That's not easy. Sometimes head coaches come in, and all they're worried about is making sure that their staff is behind them. Yes, you have to have your loyal myrmidons, so to speak. I love that word. But but Dan Dan does not Dan Dan has made a lot of moves with coordinators too. He doesn't just hang with the guys because they're guys that have been loyal to him. If they're not doing the job, he has never been afraid to make those moves. If you look back on some of the moves in Atlanta, sure, I, I absolutely I think I know which moves you're referring to. And speaking of which, you know, a lot of people said. After Kyle Shanahan left, and I, I worked side by side with Kyle, uh, here with, well, then with the Redskins, you know, in the building, mm -hmm. uh, and, yep. and, and Mike, and, you know, I know all those guys, right? Uh, I love them. I respect them. But people say, well, the Falcons were never the same after Kyle left. He, here's how I answered it, but I want you to answer it. You guys were 10 and 6, won a road playoff game, and should have won in Philadelphia on the road, if not for an injury or something happened in that game. And I think it was like a 15-10 loss the year after. So that's not a swipe at Kyle. That's a swipe at, the reputation that, oh, all of a sudden the Falcons couldn't win without Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. How do you answer that? And maybe where did it go wrong ultimately in your eyes? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Look, I mean, that is a great point. I'm glad you're well, well-versed in it. I don't want to say shoulda, coulda, woulda, but we got into Philly that season. Rarely do you come off of a bad, bad loss like mm-hmm. we had in the Super Bowl, and then we get too deep in the playoffs. And, yeah, if we wouldn't have potentially, and this isn't throwing a dart at, at our coordinator at that point, you know, we go to it well too many times with, with Julio. We don't win the game. The whole Minnesota thing, yeah, it might have been a, a, a strong run. You never know on the way back. Dan did a hell of a job bringing this team back to that. That is not an easy feat. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that 17, unfortunately for us, you know, 18 and, uh, you know, we did what we did. And, of course, Dan still led that team really, really well. And quite honestly, Kyle, yeah, Kyle did really good things for us. And, and by the way, if there's one, there's probably one or two coaches in the league that I would knock on the door. If I ever came back to be a GM to try to trade for a coach, it would be Kyle. So I have a great deal of respect for him. Um, and that's rare, right? Football people right. normally don't think about trading away draft picks to get a guy. So I agree with you. Kyle's very talented. But when he left, Dan kept winning there up to a point, and then obviously we had some we had some tough downfalls and egregious losses down the end. Yeah, yeah. And it gets tough, obviously, when you know when you have to start paying the quarterback. And then when Julio got his bag and he wasn't, you know, healthy, if I remember correctly. And I mean there was a bunch of other things that happened, you know that. Um and it's hard to manage the salary cap and keep everybody's ego in check and all that stuff. Uh and I know things didn't go the way you guys wanted to, but it's not like you guys bottomed out were like three and thirteen. You were seven and nine, seven and nine the last two right. years after um that playoff run following again the Super Bowl uh, loss. Thomas Dimitrov is with us. Um, Thomas, just before I let you go, uh, you kind of alluded to it. Um, you know, Kingsbury, uh, I, I think you, uh, it sounded like you sort of liked uh, the deal. I know you had Joe Witt Jr. for, I believe, one year uh, in Atlanta. What do you think ultimately big picture of the first two hires, if you will, of the Dan Quinn era? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of both of them, and I think Dan is going to be very mindful of what he does at that coordinator spot. And he's going to give them what he thinks they can handle, of course. But he's also going to be smart about where where he does um, take what he needs to take. Meaning, like with Joe, Joe's a really good football mind. I think that's really good. You know, remember, when we lost that Super Bowl, I don't know if many people know this. I mean, a lot of people want to say, well, your head coach is ultimately the person in charge, and that's the person who needs to take the blame. When that happened, you know, we had we had demoted – our, our D coordinator at the time, Richard Smith. So Dan was calling the defense in that Super Bowl, which really wasn't that public. Mm-hmm. And he, he was, there was a lot on his plate during that time. That's not an excuse for a guy that I have a great deal of respect for. But as a GM, you know, you would think like, wow, what happened there? He was, he was relying on, on, on uh, Kyle to do his stuff. 
and he was calling the defensive plays down the stretch in that mm. game. It was it's another time, another place conversation. Right. All I'm saying is Dan never outed anyone on that. Dan was doing what he needed to do, what he thought he needed to do. And here's what I will say. When you get a head coach who gets a second opportunity, there are certain guys that get second opportunities who you kind of question whether they really got it and whether they're going to come to the table with changes. And you and I don't want to mention names, but there's some good coaches that mm-hmm. never came back in the second. Dan is so aware and mindful, and he's been working on this for years to learn along the way and say what he would do. We spent a lot of time talking about what we would do differently to me, that's a really impressive man who doesn't just let his ego get in the way and say, I'll do it the way that I did it last time. He's uh, about learning, and I think he's going to come back with some really, really interesting and good elements of, of adjustment. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and, and I lied. One last one for you because I, I, I need to tap into your, your tremendous wealth of information here and experience. You said, you know, obviously you and Adam Peters worked together when he was a young scout uh, in New England, and, and I know things were a different culture, different world. Uh, it, you know, you guys were winning Super Bowls, so on and so forth. Could you see early on that he was special, or was he just like any other, you know, scout that you had been around? Like, what did you know about Adam Peters early on? Well, look, Adam, yeah, I mean, Adam was one of those guys who was really diligent in what he did. He was not, he wasn't a guy that was like twisting around trying to climb his way through, you know, up the ladder. He knew it was going to take time. I always thought that he had an element of awareness about him. He's a California guy who, to me, had, had a really impressive drive about him. And he was a guy that listened, you know, he was around. Uh, humbly myself he was around scott pioli who was our you know our assistant our, our gm basically then for bill he was around he was around some really good people there he leaves there after having you know you could tell he had a really good eye he played at ucla right he understood football he goes and works for elway and co at the broncos around mm-hmm. a guy that i think a great deal of with matt russell who was the assistant gm sure moves from there over to 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 the to the 49ers and is around some really good football people as we mentioned earlier on on Kyle and John Lynch he's not one of those guys who just got this job because he was a young guy part of a program that's what's great about it. I have a great deal of respect for that similar to what I did I got the job in my early 40s but it was after a lot of work to get up there I, I really respect that in him I think he's going to have a really good understanding and a very good understanding of how he's going to move with Dan through all of this and I think that's that's because he's been around those paradigms. You can say what you want to say about Bill, and I wish we had time to talk about Bill, by the way. It's, I know. it's unfathomable that he doesn't have a head coaching job this year. Don't get me started on that. But, but again, Adam Peters has reaped the benefits from a, a, being around a lot of great football men combined with his own understanding of football. I think it's, I think it's going to be a really good match between he and Dan. I wish we could also talk Super Bowl 58, and I agree with you on Belichick and everything. Uh, man, we, we I, if you don't mind, I'd love to have you back on, you know, at some point when we have a little more time to talk football, because I, I can, I can tell the juices are still flowing, uh, in, in every part of you, and you're awesome, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you making time for us and great information and insight. I really appreciate it. Chris, we'll do it again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's the great Thomas Dimitrov, former Falcons general manager. Make sure, again, you check out Sumer Sports at Sumer Sports on Twitter slash X, SumerSports.com for their free downloadable Super Bowl guide, and they'll get you set up. Thomas Dimitrov with just unbelievable insight uh, into Dan Quinn, Adam Peters, and much more. So good. Such a good spot. Make sure you guys check that out uh, on the download or Odyssey Rewind. All right. Dan Quinn's press conference coming up in just a couple of moments. Hang tight, guys. We're live from Commander's Park in Ashburn, Virginia, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.
It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so this is more like it. I've got two guys sitting next to me here. Um, <clears throat> so good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here today. Uh, it's an incredible day for Washington football. Uh, I'd like to start first by thanking uh, my partners, Mitch, Mark, uh, Irvin Johnson, David Blitzer, and the rest of the ownership group for uh, supporting me. And also uh, Rick Spielman and Bob Myers. Uh, they were incredible during the process. So thanks, thanks you all for the help. Um, <clears throat> Today, when, we, when Adam and I were last here, we told you we were going to go find the best leader for Washington football, someone that we felt would lead Washington to be an elite franchise. And Dan, I'm so excited <laughs> that we're here together <clears throat> and welcome to Washington. And so after a thorough process, we'd love to introducing you to the city here. Um, Stacy, welcome to Washington. And on behalf of the city and the DMV, thank you both for choosing uh, to be on this mission with us in support of the city. So Dan, you've gotten down to work quickly. All I know is, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we got all together Friday and then uh, over the weekend, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, an incredible offensive coordinator, and Joe Witt, <clears throat> incredible defense of mine, uh, have joined our franchise, and obviously we're very excited about those two individuals. I'll let Dan uh, describe them, but that's what it takes. <clears throat> it takes being able to attract the best people uh, to create a unit, to create a culture, to create a system, to create a team where you can then recruit uh, the best players on the field. You get When you get the best off the field, when you get the best team off the field, you get the best team on the field. On behalf of Commanders fans, I am thrilled to welcome you, Dan, Stacy, uh, Joe, and Cliff to the city of Washington. And fans, <clears throat> with your support, the future of Washington football is bright. Thank you for uh, your support. It's because of you all that everyone is here. Now I'll turn it over to Adam. Thanks, Josh. Well, when we sat, set out to hire the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, we wanted to, I said earlier, we wanted to hire the best leader for our team. And we went through a, a really thorough process, as you all know. We spoke with a ton of great candidates, but our process led us to the decision that Dan Quinn was the perfect man for the job. Coach Quinn has all the qualities we're looking for. He's an unquestionably one of the best leaders in the NFL. You can ask anybody who's been around him, coaches, players. He's a top-notch communicator, an excellent teacher and developer, not only of players, but of coaches. And he's smart. He's driven, and he's really more than all, anything a phenomenal person and just a great, great person who's going to lead this team the right way. Um, he's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. He's proven that time and time again. He can build elite coaching staff, which, which Josh alluded to. He's already started. He, he attracts talent because of the type of person and man that he is. Um, he maximizes that talent, and, and that's what we're doing. We're building a great staff, and he's, he's really kicking it off really well. 
he and I have a shared vision that we're going to build a team that with the play style and the identity that you guys will all love to watch. The fans of the Commanders, not only just here in the DMV, but all over the world will love watching Dan's team play. Um, Dan and I are going to be in lockstep in everything we do. We already are, and we will continue to be. We will keep the team and staff connected. He has a track record of tying building, buildings together, and he's going to build, tie this whole building together from the lunchroom to the meal room to the weight room to the equipment room to the locker room. And that, that's how we're going to do it, and we're going to all be moving in the same direction. So I can't wait to work with Dan. We, we're going to embark on a really, really fun journey together. This is going to be a great and important offseason. We've already started, but the work is just beginning. So with that, I want to hand it over to our new head coach, Dan Quinn. All right. Man, this is, uh, this is such an awesome moment. And what an outstanding privilege and honor and absolute joy to be sitting here uh, beside these outstanding men and joining them in this opportunity to, to have the vision of this historic franchise. So thank you to, to Josh and to Adam and to everybody in the organization and the ownership group that's, uh, that's been a part of this. So spoiler alert, you'll hear me say often, uh, be where your feet are. And actually, I try not to say it. I do try to live it. And I'm pretty good at it, too, with one exception. Over the past few years, there's five words that have probably tested my feet and my head if I get another shot. And as a coach, you prepare for it, you study for it, and there's some lessons that you can't study for. There's lessons that you just have to live. And sometimes through success and sometimes also through adversity, but once you learn those lessons, all you want to do is grab them and run and prove it. And uh, so let me tell you, I am ready to run and prove it. Run like hell. And uh, I'm a little older, maybe a little more chrome, and uh, hopefully a little bit wiser. And, uh, but I'm also incredibly grateful uh, for all of that that has led to my feet being here. And actually, back to here, um, although I grew up a Jersey kid watching the NFC East, um, for a long time, and, and uh, that's what football was to me. That's where my first love of it came. But I also spent a good deal of my 20s here. Uh, I went to Salisbury University about two hours south of here, and the best part of that was my wife, Stacy. And so that was the best call I ever made to say, hey, you want to go out? So she said, yeah, and I said, all right. So 29 years later, here we are. She is my ride or die and has been with me on this uh, football life that is ups and downs. And, uh, and it's an absolute awesome life that we share together. So I also uh, did football and track there. And uh, I also started my coaching career in Virginia. So my first coaching career was at, uh, first coaching job was at William & Mary. And uh, two guys on the team right now, you'll know their names, Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott. So Mike was a senior wide receiver. So he said, all right, I'll pick you up tonight. We're going to the fraternity party. I said, all right, this coaching gig's pretty good. You know, like I get to still do what I like to do. So next thing, uh, Sean was a sophomore uh, DB. And relationships like those are so valuable because in this league, um, you know, it's hard. And so having guys that you can lean on uh, for a long time, that's it. So uh, those guys, too. And I also coached at VMI. So in my early 20s, Virginia was a big part. So Stacey and I, we know where we are. And uh, we know who you are. And we know what this franchise means to you and uh, what it will take to get it back to where it deserves to be. I know you're just starting to know me, and that's going to take some time because building trust, it always does. But I can't wait to start earning it. And that includes the players. 
It includes the staff, every single man, woman in this organization, and each and every fan, because that is who makes up the entire Washington Commanders team, all of us. And that's awesome because I'm going to give myself a little grace and allow one swear word here because I've done a pretty good job so far. I haven't had any, and I swear a lot. <laughs> but there is nothing I enjoy more than doing hard shit with good people. And these guys here, these are some really good people. And uh, I cannot wait to get it rocking here. I can't wait. And so we'll hit the ground running. There's lots to do. And, uh, but I want to let you know, man, I've been waiting on this moment. And uh, so to be here with you guys today, I cannot wait to get this thing rocking. So with all that said, let's begin. John Kime, ESPN. You said, if I get another shot, the lessons you learned, what are some of the key lessons that you learned to apply, that you can apply here? Yeah, that's an awesome one, John. I think first and foremost, um, in leaving there, I wanted to make sure I did a 360 to find, you know, what would be some potential blind spots, you know, that I did and in a good way of trying to take on too much at times. And so that's why for me, coming into, you know, when I was looking to, if I got another shot, there were a couple things that I wanted to find. One, you know, was from the ownership side, a team that support, you know, the general manager side to be in lockstep and have a partner with. And then the third part, you know, was like a fan base that was really wanting to go get after it. The lessons for me was, man, be right, you know, it's the players and the team. And it came from a good place of trying to help and solve problems. But make sure, keep the main thing, the main thing, John. And uh, I had some time to test that in Dallas. And so that was good for me to go and do that and go through that process because I'm a much stronger coach today than when I took over, you know, years back in Atlanta. And so, like I said earlier, man, you, you want to run with those lessons and go prove it. And the best competitive moments in my life have come when you had to go prove it. And uh, that's what I want to apply. The other thing I would say is um, just having gone through the process with a bunch of people, uh, you know, Dan came in with a real vision for um, how to build a cohesive staff that worked together. Uh, you know, I think it is more than just one person. Uh, it's a front office that works together uh, with everything, analytics, sports science, player development, player selection, and then it's a coaching staff that brings a lot of both leadership and culture, but also play calling and innovation. Uh, and 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 Dan really had all that in his head. He had a plan, and uh, he's got a few more. You know, you saw this weekend, but he's got a few more tricks up his sleeve. Uh, and uh, you know, so it was really impressive. John Kime, ESPN. At what point? How are you? Um, at what point were you? You know, there are obviously a lot of names that are going to come out of this. At what point were you sold that Dan is the guy? And you obviously you've probably known him for a while or knew of him. So, what point were you sold that he is the right guy for here? Every time we spoke with Dan, it became more and more clear that he was the guy. And we interviewed him twice, and both times it's like we're speaking the same language. And it was really, really cool. Had a great connection, had a great shared vision. So, it was almost right away that I knew Dan would be the great coach for us. Hi, Nick Jafala with the Washington Post. Um, I guess this is for Adam and Josh, first of all. I know you guys have been through various coaching searches at past stops, but working together on this one, did anything surprise you about this process? I mean, look, obviously uh, the NFL has its own unique uh, approach, its own unique rules. It's a very thorough process. Um, certainly um, there are um, 
times where you're allowed to talk to people and not allowed to talk to people. So what that does is it creates, you know, a longer process. Uh, and um, it was a very, so it was very thorough. Um, and, and so, um, you know, and then it was great working with Adam. I got to see him in action. Uh, I got to see all the relationships that he had around the league. Um, I got to see how prepared he was coming into the coaching uh, search. And then, you know, obviously uh, how he uh, bonded with candidates and how he bonded with coaching candidates. And so all that uh, really uh, reflected well on Adam, and I was very excited to be working with him uh, through the process. Yeah, for me, Nikki, it was it's all new to me. So there's all real surprising. Obviously, there's a lot of different rules you have to go through. Um, the thing that really stood out to me is is having a thorough process leads you to the right person. and. That, that's really the big thing. I'm not getting Dan. That's that's what happened. And for Dan, um, you've you've had interviews in I think each of the last two off seasons. What made this the right time for you to make this move and with this team? You know, Nikki, I thought um, coming in, um, you know, as a coach who has done it before, um, I knew then what I was looking for. You know, I think when you're first going through it as a first time, you you got to go get it and you got to go take it. After you've been through the experience, you want to make sure that you can align it exactly like you want to do to go kick ass. And so that's what I was, you know, looking for specific markers because if I wasn't going to find them, then I wasn't going to do it. And I desperately wanted to, but if the markers weren't in line to say, hey, this alignment between ownership, general manager, the club, um, I wouldn't have. So when this one was here, um, it was please call because <laughs> this one um, is different. And this franchise has a historic mark on the NFL. And so that was different. I knew that was different. And so um, once I knew ownership, I knew general manager, organization, like everything checked, Nikki. And so it was uh, the one that like, was a, you know, a flashing light to me to, that say, this is, this is the moment. This is the one. Coach David Aldridge with The Athletic. Welcome to DC. Thanks, David. A um, couple of questions for you. One. As you looked at the personnel on this team, what kind of stood out to you as, I can work with that, I can make that work? Yeah, I thought, um, first side, I'll start with the defense, because that's, you know, unfortunately, that's sometimes where my eyes go first. But I would say, uh, man, was I impressed, you know, by the inside of the defense, you know, with the defensive tackles and knowing that it starts up front on both sides, man. It's, you know, defensive line and offensive line. So that was the spot that jumped out to me, you know, is the defensive tackles. And then the skill, you know, at receiver. And you have to have elite players on the edge for the matchup. So when they come, David, you know, that's when you got to go attack. So those would have been the two things that jumped out to me. I certainly, you know, played against the club. So I know about more of the offensive players and game planning and studying. But, uh, this receiving group, you know, really had skill, and they would test you and push you and find matchups. And so, that to me, of guys, uh, that's where it stood out to me first. Uh, number two, in, in our personal lives, our spouses always provide this role. But in your professional life, who is the person that tells you that's not a good idea? Yeah, that, that you listen to. Yes, and I think you need that, right? You have to have somebody that can see around the corners and knowing and protecting your blind spots. And so when I referred to that person, um, what I was looking for, I was really referring to Adam to say, in this relationship, it's built on trust and we go through it together. But in football, you know, the best of the best have this connection um, rock solid and, you know, at the core because they deal with things that no one else really does. And so uh, when you win more, 
you know, adulation when you lose, it's harder. So having the person who's the partner to go through those experiences with is really important. And so I don't know if Bob Myers is here, but Bob and Steve had given us a little insight. I had known Steve as a friend and I hadn't known Bob, but I saw what good looked like between a head coach and a general manager, not just, you know, and there's other sports I've seen it obviously as well, but I wanted to do, we could do that for him and I a goal years from now to say, Dan and Adam, they did it the best that anybody's done in professional sports. And that's a super high bar, but that's the standard that we want to get it to because at the end of it, it's not about the credit or what it is. It's just about us over the long term kicking ass for a long time together. And we both share that vision. So um, on every organization and every team, you need that. And so that's why when I said why that was so damn important to me to find the right general manager to partner up with, because they're the ones that have to be shoulder to shoulder with you through the good and through the adversity as well. And so each person has that. And Stacey is that no matter what. So she's first. And she knows football pretty good too. But professionally, it, it's Adam. Hey, guys. JP Finley with NBC4 and 106.7 The Fan. Um, Dan, this is a question for you. Your, your records as a defensive coordinator speak for themselves. It's all very impressive. When you were coaching in Atlanta, some of those defensive numbers weren't there. How do you take on your, your second chance here, what you do differently as a DC versus a head coach? Yeah, isn't that the best? That's, uh, that's one of the lessons to take on, to say, man, I've got to make sure, like, you know, after doing the 360 of leaving Atlanta, of spreading myself too thin. And so where I need to be is right there with the offense, right there with the defense and the special teams, and not allow outside things to, not outside things in the organization, just more things to go. So. Uh, the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's the players and the team. And that's why, you know, like I'll lean on Adam so hard. I didn't want anything other than that, you know, to be right there doing it. So good news, I had some chances over the last three years to do that and to prove that and to delegate and make sure I could keep the main thing and focus right where it needed to be. And that's when the best results come. So uh, you can't turn back the clock, but you do have to learn the lesson. And that's what I wanted to make sure when I left Atlanta, it was during the middle of the season. And so you have time to reflect. It's lonely. It's disappointing. It's depressing. But you don't want to just rinse and repeat. You want to make sure, how do I take this, change it, and then make sure you get to prove it again. And so that was the silver lining in this. Like, I'm a better version of me today than I was, you know, three and four or five years ago. And so that's why I get to prove that. And then this one for Josh and Adam. Throughout the coaching search, it seems like it's been very collaborative. At what point does the collaboration maybe cease a little bit and it becomes more of the traditional hierarchy that you talked about building? Or, or will it remain really collaborative throughout? Well, I think it's sort of now. I mean, it's all collaborative. I mean, first of all, you're always going to be collaborative. And, that's, and the alignment amongst the three of us, amongst ownership, uh, obviously coaching and front office is very important. But obviously... Um, you know, I hired, um, or I brought these these two gentlemen are sitting next to me because they know what they're doing, and they're gonna. Adam's gonna run the uh, front office and the football ops, and Dan's gonna run the coaching staff and the on-field uh, operation. And like, you know, I'll be there obviously and be educated and you know make sure that the things going in the right direction. But you know, I'm not. You know, these this is their job, right? So. Um, you know, the collaboration will be there, but obviously um, their ability to operate and do what they do uh, starts today. Yeah, I agree um, with jo what Josh said. I learned a ton from Josh during this process, so love to keep leaning on him throughout everything we do. And then with Dan, 
helping him. He's building his staff, so I'm going to help him with that. He's going to help us with finding players. So the collaboration is going to continue through, through perpetuity. It's <laughs> a good UCLA word. Yeah. <laughs> teach that in Salisbury. Term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. This is how I'm out smarted here. This is <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, uh, Ben Standig with The Athletic. Uh, Dan, welcome to town. Um, f for you, uh, in terms of this new opportunity, how, how do you see yourself, I guess, what type of coach are you ultimately going to be? Are you going to be calling plays? Do you see, obviously, you're, you're familiar with your defensive coordinator. How will sort of that collaboration work as well? Yeah, I think the big thing to, to get across, like the essence of a head coach is to put it all together. It's not to be an offensive coach or a defensive coach or a special teams coach. Like, it's everything, and that's what the essence is of the job. It's the chemistry, it's the messaging, it's the play style, it's the attitude, it's the swagger. Like That's my number one job, to make sure all of this comes together. Um, obviously, I cut my teeth on the defensive side, so um, that part's important. But Joe will call the plays on defense, and Cliff will call the plays on offense. And I'll certainly be there. The game management portion is so critical. So I wanted to make sure the best version of me, like I said, is coaching the entire team and making sure our play style is so right that it's a nightmare for teams to play against between the personnel you know, that Adam puts together, the scheme from the coaching side, and then quite honestly for me, the play style to say playing against us is really hard. And the attitude, the speed, the effort, the ball hawking, the tackling, the finishing of blocks, the explosive plays, that's how you know, we create a nightmare to go against. And we're going to work our ass off to do that. But as far as play calling, um, I'll be involved with it, but those guys will call the game. But the essence of this job as a head coach isn't just to be on one side. It's to tie everything together. And that's when I'm at my best. And so that's what I'll do. And uh, for you and Adam, obviously, quarterback is such an important position in this sport. You guys may have the opportunity to draft one in the first round. And Sam Howell is here as well. How much of your conversations were about what happens at quarterback and how, how important is Cliff to whatever it is you guys uh, plan to do with that position? I'll take that one. If you okay. Want. Yeah. Yeah. We, really, we just got started, Ben. So we haven't even had discussions yet as the staff with that. Uh, obviously, it's the most important position on the field, and we're going to put a lot of time into it. But as of now, we haven't even gotten started on that one. Sam Fortier with the Washington Post. Welcome to DC. Um, why Cliff and Joe? Well, I think um, I'll take you back a bit. And so, when you're getting prepared for this, you don't you're not sure what job you're going to get. You know, you're you're thinking, okay, this, you know, opportunity, this opportunity. So it's a little different than being on their side where they were going to select, where on the coaching side, you were going to see where would be a good fit. And the coaching staff would be the fit irregardless of where you went. Okay, so for me, selecting a place that I would be able to potentially coach didn't have to do with did they have a quarterback or cap space or any of that. It was ownership and general manager and fan base and what you could create together because cap space changes, I was looking to say, how could we do something long term to kick ass for a long time and continue to play well? Not just because so Cliff has always been somebody um, that I've kept up with. Um, years ago, we both coached in college. And uh, we first met each other at a, an award show and just kind of hit it off on that time and then competed against each other. I certainly followed his career you know, through his time at Tech and then into Arizona and competing. And so, in the same way of why I wanted to hire Kyle years ago, like he was hard to go against. He would stretch the field horizontally and vertically and going against Cliff, those same feelings you had. This is going to be tough. Matchups, formation, <coughs> speed, 
shots down the field, aggressiveness, boldness to go. And so as a coach, you were writing down some names if this is something in your future that said, if I get that shot, this is somebody I would want to talk to. And so that's where the, the start came from him. Um, we're really pumped that he's going to be a part of it. Obviously, I know people talk about you know his acumen with quarterbacks, and that's proven. But he's also an excellent coach. He's not just you know a guy that's going to be with the quarterbacks the whole time. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. And then with Joe, um, it's a little different because I had a chance to be shoulder to shoulder with him, you know, over the last three years in Dallas. And through that time, I've just seen the detail, the connection, um, the play style, you know, and so. To play good defense, you better be a good tackling team, and you better know how to take the ball away. And those are two things Joe and, and the units that he was charged with have been excellent at. And uh, I think over the last three years, you know, with, with Joe there, the team had been, you know, at the top of the league in terms of takeaways and defensive touchdowns. If you want to play good defense, you better tackle because there's so. I'm not talking about in the A gap. I'm talking about there's space plays that happen in today's NFL. And so in that space, how do you have the technique to go and make tackles where? Uh, guys like Cliff and Kyle and everybody else want to create all this space to say, you know, make it hard. So you better be a good tackling team and you better know how to get the ball away and show good disguises, you know, to make the quarterback have to read the coverages after he has the ball in his hand. And Joe's been exceptional at that through his career. So that's why when those moments come and you want to nail it, uh, you do it and you go for it. And so I appreciate Josh and Adam when the moment came to go be uh, aggressive, um, we were going to go do that. Can you take us through the timeline, the emotions of interviewing for this job? And then what was the moment like when you got the call? Um, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. It's, uh, you know, you, nobody's ringing. All right, you put your phone back. Is anybody calling? No, they're not calling. So, <laughs> you know, like, is my phone working? Yes, it's still working. <laughs> so I so uh, wanted uh, this moment. And so, like, uh, you know, you were just that. And so, Stacey and I took a ride, you know, out in the car, and we don't, we don't ever do that. It's like, come on, let's get out of the house. And so we just, you know, went around. And, and then uh, Thursday night, I think, or whatever it was, a couple nights ago, um, Adam had called and extended it out. And so then you have to kind of wait overnight to, um, to get there, and so you don't sleep much that night. And then it probably doesn't fully hit you until you get your feet on the ground here. And so that was what was really cool about last night. Um, we were not expecting to see Adam and his wife, Jen, there on the tarmac. And so, like, that's brotherhood. That's showing, like, I'm in with you. And that was awesome. So you want the call. You're ready for the call. But it becomes more real when you get there because, you know, you want it. You're there. But when you get it, you're pumped to say, let's, let's go do this. And so Stacy's uh, been with me the whole time through it. And so it's all the good, the bad, and everything in between. And so this football life we live together is fun. But um, it's moments like that that uh, it's hard to stay present and be where your feet are, you know, in those moments. But it's also one of the really cool times to say, man, you get to go prove it and, and kick ass and have fun doing it. And so that's what we plan on doing. Sam, I'll tell you, too, he, he didn't answer when I called. He's playing hard to get. So. <laughs> it made me wait so long. I'm not answering the first ring. Got <laughs> to make him feel a little some way, you know? I'm Barry Sverluga from The Washington Post. Uh, for Dan and Adam, you've spoken about uh, a shared vision, speaking the same language. I wonder what that means. Is that in a football way? Like, I like the hybrid 4-3, or what, what, what are some specific examples of sharing that language? I think we could probably start. I'll start it and then yeah. kick it over to you. I think it's probably deeper than scheme. 
you know, because uh, if you went around to the other 31 teams, there'd be a lot of the same scheme. There's going to be wide zone, this passing concept that might be a version of cover three or man to man. So all 32 play some of that. It's more about the play style and the vision of how to feature players into that play style. And so that's one of the things that I love about coaching is finding unique traits that a player has. And then how could we fit them into a system, into a structure to make it happen? And so I was fortunate in Dallas, it pushed me further um, into new places, into new things to find, you know, like a guy like Micah Parson, who was, wasn't just a linebacker and he could do other things. And so Adam and I have been at it together for a long time to know that there's a play style and traits that players have of length and speed and ball hawking ability and guys who can finish on offense, whether the explosive play is a screen that can go or a line of scrimmage play, like we both recognize that it does start up front and we know what that looks like and how it you know, fits in together. So we together wanted to make sure that like every time people see us play, they said, man, these guys are fast, they are physical, they absolutely you know, finish at a rate that's not normal. And so he's seen what that's looked like, he's lived it, you know, on you know, the three clubs you know, on his way up to see all that. And so having the ability to go to other teams, there is advantage to that. Because for everybody else, and I've said this to owners before, I remember saying to the Jones, well, we've never been anywhere else. This is like, <laughs> This is the only way. When you get to other places, you find things that you would take along the way that you get to share about it. And so just this morning, he and I are going through the roster again and, and talking. So it's more of a play style and an attitude and traits than it is a scheme of a 3-4 or 4-3. Football scheme evolves, and, but the player side of things and Adam and his staff and their crew of making sure we're always finding ways to feature the unique things that players have. And, We'll work really hard to do that here. All right. We are going to have to take a quick break so that we can get our ads in. When we get back, we will get right back to Dan Quinn's introductory press conference. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.